0: As indicated by writer Eduardo Porter, the nation's economic recovery from the pandemic will depend to a certain extent on how quickly Taxi drivers can become electricians, and the cooks can manage bank software. In other words, while next year may be a year of substantial economic recovery once vaccines become broadly available, many economic segments have been permanently damaged, which means that many workers will need to transition to other occupations. Sectors that have suffered long-term damage include retail, hospitality, and building maintenance. Porter asks the question, what will janitors do if fewer people work in offices? the prognosis is rather bleak. According to the Brookings Institution, because of the need to retrain many workers, the economic rebound to come won't necessarily help the people who have been most damaged by the pandemic. An analysis of 16 years of data indicates that workers in occupational categories hardest hit during the past spring will have a difficult time reinventing themselves. Taxi drivers, front desk clerks, and others have poor track records moving to jobs as registered nurses pipe fitters, or instrumentation technicians. For WIPR and my producer, Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. The following may surprise you. Bankruptcy filings in November hit a 14-year low in America. This decline in bankruptcy filings was driven by fewer individuals filing for protection from creditors as they continued to benefit from eviction moratoria and other government assistance offered in the context of the lingering pandemic. Last month, bankruptcy filings totaled a bit more than 34400 nationally, the lowest monthly total since 2006, non-commercial Chapter 13 filings which enable individuals to re, Structure their debt were down 45% from a year earlier, according to data from Epic. Chapter 13 filings have declined by more than 50% since the pandemic's onset. In particular, there are fewer homeowners filing for bankruptcy protection, which may be attributable, at least in part, to state and federal moratoria on foreclosures. Those expire in a bit more than two weeks. Non-commercial Chapter 7 filings, which enable individuals to liquidate their assets in order to escape their debt burdens, were down 21% in November, as indicated by writer Alexander Gladstone. While the number of individuals filing for bankruptcy was down, commercial Chapter 11 filings were up 40% in November compared with the same period last year. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spignal, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by The Economist magazine, Three years ago, a prominent scholar declared that Taiwan's economy was on the brink of death. While the wording was extreme, the sentiment was broadly shared. Many of Taiwan's best companies had moved to China. Wages were stagnant. The pace of economic growth was slowing, while the population was aging rapidly. The nation's glory days as an Asian tiger, celebrated for its rapid economic development, were over or so it seemed. This year, Taiwan turned the clock back. It is once again one of the planet's fastest growing economies. True, its gross domestic product will only expand about 2% this year, but that's much better than most economies, which will end the year smaller than at the year's onset. Pandemic-associated factors help account for Taiwan's relative success this year. It was the only nation to contain COVID-19 without sweeping closures of schools, offices, and shops. Its government, ever alert to diseases emerging from China, began screening visitors from Wuhan at the end of 2019 as soon as reports of a mysterious pneumonia outbreak emerged. Thanks to sophisticated contact tracing and near-universal mask wearing, life is carried on more or less as normal there. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For the first time since the pandemic shuttered the economy about nine months ago, there is light at the end of the tunnel. As pointed out by writer Neil Irwin, the emergence of vaccines that appear to be safe, effective, and ready for wide distribution during the months ahead means that it is now possible to envision a post-COVID summer of 2021. It is certainly possible that this will usher forth a surging economic boom as people come out of the shadows cluster at restaurants, stores, movie theaters, on airplanes, and on cruise ships. But as Irwin indicates, to arrive at that more blissful circumstance, the U.S. economy still needs to navigate through what might be a cold, dark winter, during which so much damage could be done to the economy that rapid healing becomes difficult. Many service businesses approach winter's coldest months with already depleted cash reserves. Government assistance has begun to wane, with the last major federal stimulus passed many months ago. Not only are individual shops and restaurants imperiled, so too are the commercial landlords to whom they owe rent, as well as the state and local governments that rely upon their tax dollars. In other words, if the economic damage this winter is bad enough, there won't be enough businesses left to drive recovery. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As is well known, many college graduates leave school with massive amounts of debt, in many cases, It is the parents who are on the hook to pay back those obligations. As indicated by a new Wall Street Journal analysis, the schools that produce the largest parental debt burdens aren't world-famous institutions like Harvard or Stanford, Georgetown or Johns Hopkins, but rather art schools, historically black colleges, and small private institutions. For the first time, the U.S. Education Department, through its annual release of college financial data, has supplied information regarding the level of debt parents have taken on through a federal college loan program called Parent Plus. Data indicate that at nearly 150 colleges, parents typically took out loans worth $50,000 or more. Parents of graduates from Spelman College, a historically black college in Atlanta, borrowed a median amount of $112,000 more than any other school in the nation. For many, paying back these loans costs more than $1,200 a month. In most states, that is roughly the cost of a home mortgage payment. Other schools producing large debt burdens are the Berkeley College of Music in Massachusetts, the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia, and the Rhode Island School of Design. For WYPR and my producer, Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.